Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Brown Petri Dish today on the podcast. It's just me and Brandon. Back to the old school hour-long episode just for one week because we didn't put that one out for a couple of weeks. So we figured, I don't know, give you a little bonus. And, uh, yeah, it was a good episode. Uh, there, you will notice there are some parts where I said, we'll edit that out. And I did not edit that out because, to be frank, I'm uh, just working on a lot of material and stand-up. So I'm going out every night doing shows. So, uh, not much time for editing. Um, maybe we'll start recording these a little bit further ahead of time. Maybe do a little bit less news that matters that we do it in a reasonable amount of time. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, I've been real busy lately and I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. So, um, uh, we're still going to put all the effort in the podcast as we can, but some of the other podcasts we've talked about getting off the ground, uh, might be a little bit delayed because it's just hard for everybody to get together when we're all so busy. So, um, running down a bit, we are going to, I think, record more episodes of that soon. Uh, I've talked to Bob and Tim about it and I think we're going to get that done. And, uh, then the, uh, new podcast with jimmy and brandon is still in the works trying to get some artwork made for it and uh, a couple other things but yeah exciting stuff coming um keep an eye out on my instagram feed and whatnot for shows and brandon's instagram feed i don't think he gave it out on the show but if you're a new listener it's at poor man's petri and um yeah that's about it have a great week everybody I was surprised not to see you at the uh, 51st Jokes last night. I thought you were going to be there. I know. I told myself last year, I was like, maybe I'll do 51st Jokes next year. But I got to be honest, something about the concept of just going and telling one joke and having to wait for a ton of other people to tell their one joke. I don't know. It just doesn't really it, feel like worth doing to me. It's more than that, though. I think it's 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 more of like the uh, end of the year party for comedians. I think I guess I get that like it's a more more of a get together. But last night's show was actually very entertaining. Um, There were very there were very few people that that had like jokes that just completely bombed. Um, Yeah. um, And when they did and when people had jokes that kind of bombed, like John and Jimmy, Jimmy, I think the difference was that uh, Jimmy had a mic as well. So John had somebody to like work off of, which is good for whenever you're hosting a like a game show type thing, which is basically what it is. Yeah, it feels um, game showy. Yeah, it is. It does feel very game showy. Um, but it, it uh, I mean, they even play the prices right. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the music that you get whenever you go up, um, and you go up on stage with like ten other people, you know. But uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, my joke did well, so that's always fun. And uh, Dave Flint was the star of the night for sure. Um, I saw pictures. Of, was it him in the bird mask? Is that what yes, he was wearing? Yes, it was. Is this joke involving dude, birds being real? No, he legit just uh, he legit just pretended to be a bird and did like and did like comics and all these black comics. But what about the bird comics? Like, <laughs> like it was just, it was just so absurd, dude. People were literally like crying, laughing. It's, dude, it was fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, he was, he was great. Um, yeah, Gabe Gary had one that I liked a lot. Um, I'm sure you'll hear it soon about the hell is real billboards and stuff. It's a unique take on it that I haven't heard before. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I feel like I haven't been getting out much, but I've been getting booked a lot still. It's kind of nice. Yeah. 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 Did yeah. The, uh, the crowd work show this Thursday for the uh, first set of three 10 minute sets. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm doing that uh, the week after because I'm on mm-hmm. Flem show. I told, I told uh, 
Zach was like, I'll do it like every other week if you can't like book people up. I don't give a shit. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, nice to actually get to do ten at the funny stop without being booked for a whole weekend or something like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, we could even have it to be uh we could even we could even make it like the beat John Brown contest because I'll just be there every week. It'd be tight. Yeah. <laughs> You're the dealer at Blackjack beating John Brown. Yeah. I do like the concept, but like I also dig the fact that Drew was like, straight up, if you want to do crowd work, I'm not stopping you. Like, you can do your crowd work if you want to. Yeah. No, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that is cool. Um, yeah, it's, uh, hilarities was fun last night, though. And Bob, uh, Bob wasn't there either, which, uh, he was at pharmacy, I think. But yeah, I think, I think people, um, I think a lot of people that don't go up to Cleveland a lot, like, didn't know how to get on it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, yeah. Um, because there were like Samantha, uh, Samantha Archol said she missed the whole thing because she doesn't get on Facebook very much. Like, That's pretty yeah. much the only way to get on there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also like, I don't know. Facebook is like the, uh, most convenient place to post for shows. Like, it just is. It's, thousand percent and i mean it's a good networking tool for everybody and yeah i mean tagging people and stuff and it's, it's just a good way to keep track of like what's going on and yeah i also i also hate it <laughs> like i yeah i also hate facebook but i i mean it's a necessary evil i think um i hate I, I hate facebook with the way that they with the way that they market to you and the way that uh if you don't, if you don't like with the Facebook marketing shit, if you don't uh, be very specific about your target audience on a paid ad, they do not get it right at all. Like it's no, they're they're gonna start throwing it up to whoever and shit like that. Yeah, the paid the paid marketing on there kind of sucks. Yeah, not a big fan. Yeah, they need to fix that. Like, like you should be able to, you should be able to uh, just market to people like you you know like they have all of your information like so like you should be able yeah. to market to like if i if i like this thing then I'll, then these people will like this thing you know what i'm saying like it's yeah <laughs> i don't know like I, it's almost i almost blame some of the, the facebook profiles people make too though because you know you can scroll down to the bottom and see all the random shit that they liked all just the different specific words and shit like that yeah well, like some people will just, they'll just like everything. It'll be like, I like movies and I like oxygen and I like the sunlight and just dumb shit like that to the extent that anything is going to come across their page. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a lot of uh, older people too. Yeah. Um, I just noticed this last time with the funny stop ad, um, like most of the people that liked the posts, look like they were like in their sixties or older. You know what I'm saying? Like it's unfortunately, man, that's another thing too though, is like the <laughs> demographics from Facebook is all older people. I don't know what that is or what that's about. I mean yeah. everyone uses Instagram. It seems like everyone wants you yeah, to but it's not there's not as much there. Like you know no. what I mean? Like there's not as much you can do with it. That's why I don't it's not like an event section. Like I can't figure out what to do this weekend on Instagram. That's not gonna help me. Like, yeah, unless one of my friends posts something i might be interested in doing yeah that's why i really don't understand like why <laughs> why the age demographic is so old on facebook whatever it's like it's the most useful one like just like you know yeah. like... <laughs> uh, that's the problem is once you start actually using it for like tools and stuff like that like before when it was just all pictures and fun times all the kids loved that shit they were like that's great once we started like adding places to go and things to do and making it an operational tool in your day-to-day kids feel like fuck that yeah yeah it's basically Which like, i don't get because uh, you could do that on there if you want to right yeah i don't know man it's it's weird um i mean it's the one i'm on the most i think because there's like it's the most content like you're not you know like sometimes i'll be on instagram and scrolling through reels but most of the time i'm on facebook cause facebook reels suck yeah, no one actually posts anything on Facebook Reels. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty fucking terrible. 
Uh-huh. I'm not a real guy. Like, I don't really like to sit there like on TikTok or Instagram reels. I don't really ever scroll through the reels and watch any of them for the most part. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I haven't gotten to that phase yet, but. Mine are all, like, my Discover page is all comedy, basically. <laughs> like it's... I figured that's what it's going to end up being anyway, eventually. Yeah. I'm like, I already see all these guys' videos and stuff like that. I don't I don't need to scroll through the, the TikTok or Instagram to find more of them. I know where <laughs> yeah. to do that. Um. Yeah, dude. And uh, this weekend of funny stuff was fun. Uh, uh Brett Tierhoon was the headliner. And, yeah, he was. Uh, he's always good. Yeah, and he pretty much sold out every show. Um, Damn. Yeah. You think that's because he's got fans here, or the weather's clearing up? Or no, I think it's fans. Like I think there were a lot of people that were there to see him from his like from his like videos that he does online and shit. And, yeah, and he's and he's a great stand-up that's been doing it for a long time. So he headline. I think he headlined one of the either the Rubber City Fest or the Cleveland Comedy Fest. One of them. Um, I can't remember. He's on one of them for sure, though. Maybe he did. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, was it? It might have been Rubber City. It might have been one of the shows that I couldn't go to on Rubber City for some reason. I can't remember, but um. God damn, Bill's Bill Stone's posting fucking cooking videos. Is he showing people how to, <laughs> showing people how to clean his grill? Is that what he's doing? <laughs> Dude, oh, man. The, uh, yep. I was going to say, doesn't he just use meal prep services? Don't they already have videos on how to do those? <laughs> yeah, he started using HelloFresh and shit. Yeah, what did he yeah. just repost the HelloFresh instruction video? Is that is that how he did it? Which is good. I mean, it is it is good. Oh, what's he cooking? Hold on. Bill Stone's cooking some, uh, I don't know, some meat that he seasoned so much that you can't tell what kind of meat it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun, though, man. There was, uh, what was it, Saturday night, I think, was the night that everybody came out. Yeah, it was, uh, like, I mean, like, Bob, uh, Mickey, uh, Gabe was hosting, uh, Liam and Michael Dickinson and... Uh, uh, Austin Robinson came out, and uh, we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to have Austin Robinson back on the podcast uh, to talk about his horrific bomb on Saturday night. <laughs> it's bad that we're gonna do a whole episode. Huh? <laughs> I I want to. I don't know if he'll want to or not. I uh, we were very very mean to him, <laughs> and I feel bad. Fine, about he'll him. live. I, I don't feel bad about it because I got that shit whenever I had that situation happen. You know, like it comes with the territory, man. Yeah. Um, no, he was cool about it. Like after after it calmed down a bit, but I was yeah. yeah usually that first minute and a half or so, you're just sitting there like, where did I go wrong? I could not. <laughs> I could not stop. Every time I saw his face, I just started dying laughing. I couldn't stop laughing at him, and. <laughs> And uh, that bad, that uh, bad. It was just, (laughs) I couldn't stop laughing at him. And I was like, dude, it's, I'm sorry, but I've been there. Like, I've been in your situation where you feel like you want to die on stage, and there's nothing funnier when it happens to somebody that's not you. (laughs) You know, like, bubble in it, man. Like, (laughs) it is, dude. It's the the only way to handle that. And, Frankly, you're creating good memories for other people, so you're still yeah. making somebody laugh. And the night that it happened to me, um, not not talking about hilarities, but the actual like show bomb that I had, uh, not jokes on you, but um, it it taught me like one of the biggest lessons <laughs> that I learned in comedy, like that one night. Like it was just like that's where you learn your biggest lessons is the biggest failures. I think that's. Oh, yeah. Well, there's some, like, there's bombs that you can have that don't teach you anything. There's bombs where sometimes you just bomb, and maybe that crowd's not feeling you, or maybe they don't like your style or something. I mean, shit, crowds don't taught me anything. It's Sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes. I'm talking about when it's like a packed house, and and they're all paying attention. And you're set up for success. Yeah. And you 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 don't succeed. That hurts, dude. It it really yeah. does. It hurts. Yep. 
uh, it's only happened to me once, and I and I like do everything I possibly can to make sure it doesn't happen again. <laughs> like that's well, once you get a few years into it and start like really figuring yourself out and stuff, they, like you instead of just bombing entirely, you just dig yourself a little bit of a hole. Well, yeah, and you can dig yourself out of it, but when you first start, you don't really have that. And once you dig that hole, that's bombing. Yeah, you you, yeah, bomb. that's, you can't yeah. come back. 100 percent dude that's exactly what it is whenever you you have to have that experience of bombing that hard and to learn how to get out of bombing like because i might bomb but i'm still gonna get laughs because yes. I'm, I'm gonna talk about the bomb and it's gonna be funny like you know what I've, I'm had, saying? Like, I've had sets where i just throw my material away entirely and just do crowd work for the next seven and a half eight and a half minutes yeah. whatever i gotta do but like i got a lot better chances you know if i'm bombing that hard and just abandoning it and yeah doing crowd work and working my way back stuff like that that's that's a hard part for like long form joke people where you have like a five minute bit that you have to do now and you're bombing with it, it unless you have a good fail safe planned into your jokes that that's harder on those folks yeah. my stuff's all really short so like if somebody doesn't like one of my jokes it's like all right, I got a bunch more I have to do before I even make it to my first five minutes. So, yeah. like, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of the two, I think, because I have longer jokes, but they all have they all have cutoff points where I can bail out at any point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's they all have like they all have like punchlines to where I can just bail if I need to. You know, like that's that's purposely how I write my jokes because if it's not going well, you can just get out of it. Exactly. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes and it doesn't you really have to. And it doesn't look like you bailed on the joke, but but you did. Yeah. The less obvious it is. That's why I hate when people like point out that they're abandoning a joke. They're just like, Yeah, I'm just not gonna do that joke. And it's like, yeah. well, don't Dude. don't fuck the rhythm up. Like what are you doing? God doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, you should keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it depends, I guess. There's there's you know, exceptions to all the rules, but for the most part, that's not a good look. Yeah. I had a fire set on Friday night, early show, funny stop. Um, and I haven't watched the video yet. Gabe took a video of me. Good. I was going to say, that's that's the new thing this year. Is we just got to videotape everything. That's, that's yeah. the only way to to go forth from here, I think. Mm-hmm. In the digital age. I got to get, I, I got to get a tape before, uh, I got to get my best tape before February 12th because that's the deadline. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get in, but I still want to submit my very best tape. That's the deadline for Skankfest. And at least like you'll have that video for other submissions and shit too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's like every like there's probably 100,000 comics that submit to Skankfest. <laughs> I would guess like it's no, it's not probably not that high, but there's probably if like if like Cleveland has like three hundred submissions, they probably get they probably get four or five thousand. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the it's like known as the biggest comedy festival every year uh, in America, and and it gets fucking. I mean, all of the biggest comics are there, and uh, and it's in Vegas. Like, who the fuck doesn't? Wanna, That'd be pretty wild. That'd be pretty wild. In Vegas, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Similarly to uh, like the the depression and the crime of Vegas, I submitted to the Erie Comedy Festival, the flagship comedy festival, and I mean it's probably going to have maybe thirty comedy. I have no idea. It's not going to be anywhere near as big as fucking Skankfest or anything like yeah. that. But the venues are really dope. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, the movie house is a really fun venue to go to. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I applied for that one too. So, hell yeah! It, uh, I think they said February first. They're gonna let everybody know. Yeah, I think this was the last week for uh, submissions. Yeah, Sorry, if I yeah talk correctly. Yeah, it's cool. I've never been out there before. I'd love to go out to Erie. Um, they're uh, they're starting to put together a good comedy scene. Like it's it's definitely not Cleveland. You know, you're kind of getting stragglers of people between. Uh, you know, people coming from Cleveland, people coming from Pittsburgh, you know, all the in between. There's not really like a total base in Erie. Right. 
Yeah, um, I don't know. There's there's a there's a lot of scenes like that. I'm sure where it's just. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, you have, like the local six guys in your area that do comedy or something like that. I'm sure there's plenty of that. Yeah, yeah. Me and Bob are uh, going out to Columbus this weekend. That'll be fun. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, uh, doing some shows with the Midwest Comedy Tour crew. So I'm uh, I'm meeting the new people that run the Erie uh, Movie House this weekend for my first show there since Dan Brady gave it to somebody. <laughs> Who did he give it to? A couple of comics from Pittsburgh, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So get to meet them this weekend. That'll be fun. Yeah. Try to find some other shows around that area or anything else in the area to do. There's not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> did you see the uh did you see the whole Tom Segura thing with Erie? Yeah. Yeah. It, trust me, that's where that's where I saw it at. Anthony Morelli showed me that video. Oh my god, dude. I was like, damn, it's not that bad, dude. It's I really don't mind it here. It's how how the uh did you see the one uh uh weather guy? tried to like make a joke about Tom Segura. Did he? Yeah. And he I didn't know that. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And he just got like ob- obliterated on Instagram until he made his Instagram private. <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was fucking funny. Dude, uh, like it ain't that bad, man. It's <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong, when you're first driving in there, it's there's a lot of just houses that are all kinds of fucked up and yeah. and a lot of just uh remember the movie deliverance a lot of a lot of shit like that yeah like when you're driving in there but once you get there it's actually pretty cool and uh dan brady took me and my girlfriend to a gay bar the one time after we went to the eerie movie house last time and that was a pretty wild trip too um drinks there were remarkably cheap for how big the drinks were like they were it was really good deals on that but there was a dude there, and he uh, and presumably his partner were sitting at the bar, and his partner was wearing a leather mask, and it was zipped all the way up, and he couldn't see out of it, and there was like a dog collar attached to the mask, and they were just sitting there at the bar like nothing's going on, and he's just holding the leash. They're just they're just sitting there, totally chill beyond that. That it was hilarious. That's insane. Yeah, that was really funny at the moment. <laughs> I, yeah, um, sounds like a wild place. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a pretty I decent place. Once, dude, I once saw so when you're driving from Highland Square to Cuyahoga Falls, Cuyahoga Falls. Why did I say that's so weird? Um, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I think I had a stroke. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, driving from from Highland Square to Cuyahoga Falls. Um, there's like a back way that you can take that's a little faster. It's not that much faster, but you drive by uh, these like newer huge houses that they built, and uh, you see it on your left on Memorial Parkway. But I was so I was driving down that street the other way, going towards Highland Square. Yeah, at, like at like two in the morning, I was going from a bar in Cog Falls to a bar in Highland Square, and uh, I saw a person walking another person on a leash and the person with the leash had nothing but underwear on. And I was like, did I just see that? Like, was that like, was that real? Like, I don't know. I'm asking, but what day of the week was this? (laughs) Dude, that's what's funny. I think it was on like a Monday. What the like it was, yeah, it was like in the it was, was not a weekend for sure. Maybe it's just good planning because you got to think like somebody that is doing that is like, when is nobody going to be out? Probably like Monday at, at like two in the morning. Yeah. No one's going to be out at Monday at two. In what the if morning. what if they just like what if they just like walk back and forth like that just to freak people out that are driving by? They're trying to they're trying to lower the property values of the neighborhood, however they can, yeah, the like, without structurally hurting anything. They're like, "How are we going to do this?" Yeah, the one uh, the one car that drives by every three hours are like, "I got one, hell yeah!" And some so the one guy's probably like, "You know, when I was in Illyria, what we did was," and, and the other guy's like, "That's genius. That'll do the trick." Oh man, I love how people. I I don't even think I've ever. I don't think I've ever been to Illyria. 
Cotton Twitch is a good comparison. But like I hear people talk shit about it all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 kind of like Medina. Yeah, it's about as it's kind of like spaced out like Medina. They have a nice little like downtown square section though. Like when you go out there, there's like coffee houses and there's cool stuff. But like otherwise, around Illyria, it's just real big for like garage sales and flea markets. There's not really a whole lot that actually goes on yeah. out there. Yeah, when you said like Medina, I was like, oh, so like Lorraine with more white people? Is that basically what? <laughs> I don't know. Lorraine's got a lot of white people. <laughs> Believe it or not, there's a. Lot I thought Lorraine was the one that Lorraine has like the uh, the like most diverse yeah it's the international city because i wrote a joke about that but the problem is all the all the uh, nationalities are eastern european so they're all they're still Uh, white they're all white yeah they're like oh look at how diverse our city is and all the black people are like where (laughs) it's not yeah they're like david morales look at him yeah he's hispanic to some degree yeah uh yeah i don't know i I like that. Like every time I do, I like that every time I do a show in Columbus at some town I've never heard of outside of Columbus. You know, like it's never quite Columbus, right? It's like the last something else. The last one was in Hilliard. This one is in. uh, These ones are in Carroll, Ohio, and uh, Delaware, Ohio. Um, I've heard of Delaware, Ohio, but that's that's the only one I know out of those. I mean, dude, they haven't disappointed so far. Every venue I've done with them has been great. yeah, I mean, but it's a pretty densely populated city there, Columbus. So I'd imagine getting people yeah. to come out to the outskirts probably wouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, and then uh, and then that show on the twentieth in Jewett, Ohio. I have no idea. I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of Jewett, Ohio. Uh, I bet Kanye has. <laughs> uh, apparently, it's like an hour and a half south of here. So uh, oh, that's not so bad. Yeah. Um, what time is it? We get on some some news. Um, let me share my screen with you. I want to take that liberty to grab my vape that I dropped. <laughs> nice. Okay. Boom. All right. So uh, I don't know why Biden. I don't know why Biden's on here. This story's not about Biden. Um. <laughs> This I don't know if you heard about this. There was a there in uh, Newport or Newport News, Virginia. Uh, there was a six year old that shot his teacher. Wow. Yeah. Tonight we're learning new details in that shooting of an elementary school teacher inside a classroom in Newport News, Virginia. The alleged gunman is a six year old boy. Well, the teacher today is in stable condition, and CBS's Chris Van Cleed has new report reporting and information on where the young boy got the handgun. Tonight, police say the six-year-old put his mother's 9mm handgun in his backpack before leaving for school. Oh, shit. They shot the teacher. I know where that student is. Great student. Police say first-grade teacher Abigail Zwarner was giving a lesson on Friday afternoon when the boy pulled out a gun and pointed it at the 25-year-old. Investigators say she threw up her hand to protect herself, but the bullet went through it and into her chest. She suffered a gunshot wound, but she was still able to get all of her students out of that classroom. Newport News Police Chief Steve Drew. Do you have reason to believe that this six-year-old was targeting multiple people in that classroom? Uh, I believe that the actions were at or towards uh, the teacher, but you never know how someone's going to want to react with a firearm. LaWanda Sample Rusk was in the school office waiting to pick up her grandkids when Zwarner came in for help. She fainted on the floor, and then it scared me, and I just thought, I knew I screamed. This is the fourth shooting involving a six-year-old since 2000. Whoa. Last year, there Whoa. were more than 300 school shootings. In the majority of those incidents, a student or staff member was shot. What would you expect to, to happen as far as what this child may face? Nobody under 11 can be locked up in state custody. The police chief says that six-year-old boy is at a medical facility for evaluation and that ultimately what happens next to him will be up to a judge. We learned during the briefing the boy's mother legally purchased that handgun. The chief says their investigation is ongoing and did not rule out the possibility she could face charges. Nora? Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Um, God damn it. That that out. Um, (laughs) Or not. I don't give a shit. Uh, why why 11 years old why is that the point where now you're allowed to be in jail 
like 10, 10 is where we're, we're cutting it off. Is that double digits is good enough? I'm really confused as to how we came to that as this decision. Yeah. And also, um, um, whether or not the mother could face charges, how the fuck do you buy a gun and your six year old takes it and shoots teacher and you're maybe going to face charges? <laughs> like, yeah. What the fuck? Like, his event kid would have shot himself. I mean, that your the mom would have faced charges, obviously. Yeah. You know, like yeah, dude. it's that's part of a responsibility of being a gun owner is putting this gun up in a spot where like no, it's not gonna fall into the wrong hands. Not not just a bad guy, but like your fucking six year old would be a good six year old, dude. I could see an eleven year old. Like an eleven year old is a little sneaky. Like an eleven year old could They're like, crafty. Yeah, dude. Like a six year how hard is it to keep a gun away from a six year old? I, but I don't think it's that difficult, but apparently, apparently, four other people since two th- or three other people since two thousand have had that problem. That That's is, pretty fucking wild, too. That is insane, dude. I don't, you know, I just don't. like the fact that we have protocol for this is pretty alarming. Like, well, what was the last six-year-old shooting? Well, that was, you know, within the last twenty years. Yeah, just, just fucking. I don't know, man. That that is crazy. Like, just put it on a shelf. Like, I don't understand. They're not that tall. Typical <laughs> five-year-olds are not that tall. Why right, oh, that be yeah. your defense in court, though? She's like, I put it on the tallest shelf we had. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, talking about that, um, the term the term gunman seemed like a little bit of a stretch. I don't. Yeah, gun boy like, doesn't have the same sound to it, yeah. though. The gunman, the six-year-old the- gunman. The gun boy disagreed as to whose nap time it was and decided. <laughs> I mean, close Jesus to Christ. a gun toddler on that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just gun child. Yeah, gun child. Oh, uh, man. Oh, and in case anybody didn't know, um, that reporter did let us know that uh, your hand cannot stop a bullet. So that was great. I felt that was unnecessary or to point <laughs> out why she put her hands up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you didn't need to. Tell no, I like that. how she said the way she said it was uh, she put her hand she put her hand up to block it, but the bullet went through. It's like no, imagine no, our surprise. But the bullet <laughs> went through. It's like it's so her best efforts. Yeah, you yeah. didn't have to linger on that. Like, <laughs> we could have just accepted the fact that she can't stop bullets with her hands. <laughs> right. I, I'll, I'll be honest. If she could have, this would have been a very different news story. <laughs> that was a very weird. Very weird report. Um, you always the, the other crazy point too is three hundred and two shoot and three hundred and two school shootings last year. Like I know we always hear about how many there are and it feels like they're all the time because there's a crazy one every month, but three hundred and two. There were sixty three days this year where there weren't school shootings. Yeah, that's pretty fucking wild, man. Um. So uh, did you see? I think this was two days ago. Um, did you see the almost the what they're calling an almost fight on the house floor? <laughs> yes. Um, between yes, Matt, I did. Matt Gates and Mike Rogers. Yeah, this is this is about this. This is from uh, WCNC. A speaker of the House has now been elected after numerous votes and a night of chaos. Congressman Kevin McCarthy got the votes he needed to win the seat early this morning. The California Republicans' narrow victory came on the 15th ballot, the fifth longest speaker vote in American history by number of ballots, and the longest such vote in 164 years. And it didn't come without drama. After McCarthy fell a vote short in the 14th tally, the chamber fell out of order, with tensions boiling over amongst Republicans. At one point, Florida Republican Matt Gates and uh, Alabama Republican Mike Rogers got into a shouting match. It was North Carolina Congressman Richard Hudson who was seen holding Rogers back and preventing things from escalating. <laughs> Grabbing his face, McCarthy why? McCarthy had to make concessions that weaken his power as speaker <laughs> in order to win over the right-wing holdouts that drew out <laughs> What? He's now the highest ranking Republican in the nation and second in line to the presidency. Dude, if somebody would have grabbed my <laughs> face like that, I would have I would have flipped the fuck out, dude. I'm assuming I'm getting thrown into a van and taken yeah. somewhere. Like that's not how you uh that's not how you stop a fight. You could clearly tell our, our country's leadership has not been in many fights. 
No, and you can clearly tell that guy has kidnapped someone before. Like that's yeah, that's his go-to. <laughs> He's like, they tie up his ankles, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, this shit, this shit has been crazy uh, with the Republicans. Uh, how they just can't. Well, it's not. It's not crazy. It is. Uh, it is expected. I think whenever what the, you. What the fuck is Matt Gates fighting about? Doesn't he have a child to groom or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Why is he here? Yeah. He's. <laughs> That's that. I don't know. I don't know what he's. I don't know what his plan is. But he. Uh... What was his problem with Kevin? Too old. <laughs> right. Well, dude, yeah. Kevin McCarthy's such a fucking idiot because he. He would have been better off. He would have been better off negotiating with Democrats for those 20 votes that he needed uh, because the way that he got elected is just like he's going to have no power at all. So it's like, why are you even so you just are like excited that you can put that you were speaker of the house on your resume? Like, I don't know. Well, that's what a lot of this has turned into. Yes. Why Trump became president. That's something that he wants to do. Clearly, it's just the titles it's to have a cool name on your desk that's it yeah dude it, it is it's insane to me um how they just have no bottom <laughs> they have no there's no bottom to these guys oh please uh, they're all bottoms they're all <laughs> bottoms. <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs> yeah it's not even so much that my my issue is it with, with the whole situation is all all of these uh all of the party leadership now is refusing to negotiate and getting into these positions where they're expecting to what not negotiate that's that's half your fucking job i don't understand why we're not just pursuing this before we take the office (laughs) right yeah yeah i mean dude it's it's uh they made it to where they can uh at any point in time five five republicans can call a vote to vote for a new speaker (laughs) <laughs> oh, so, I mean, he's gonna have no power. Anything he wants to do, they're gonna fucking stop him. Probably. Yeah. Um, can you see this thing up here where my mouse is pointing? No. Okay. Never mind. It's wait, great. wait, wait. Go back to it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. What is that? It looks like it says "just dance," but it looks like a. It looks like a. Oh, I see. Okay, it's one dude. Oh, I thought it was a plane. It it looked like kind of like a Boeing. It's a it's a dude with his hand pointed down down to the ground with his leg out, but from oh okay, at first look it looked like it looked like two cartoon characters having sex, and I'm like, why is that on the YouTube main? Why, did page? I get the wrong site again? <laughs> yeah, oh man, uh, yeah. So then Matt Gates was the entire reason it took him so long. And one of the biggest reasons, anyways, why it took him so long to uh, get the votes for Speaker of the House. And here is Kevin McCarthy's acceptance speech. Kevin McCarthy's nail-biting ride to Speaker of the House now sets Republicans on a path of combative showdowns over government spending, immigration, and entitlement programs. McCarthy's election as Speaker after the 15th vote in four days was filled with drama, confusion, and anger. Yeah, in his speech, though, to lawmakers just last night, McCarthy insisted, though, the Republicans now will unite on issues that are impacting the entire country. Chris Wolf joins us live in studio tonight with what the Republican plan is and how the Democrats may respond to it. Hey, Chris. Hello, Rick and B. Securing the border, getting America back on track. These are the things the new Republican House Speaker outlined early this morning after a grueling, dramatic like week of voting and <laughs> wrangling to secure the position. Yeah. I'll bite your thumb. And at the direction of the Republican Conference, I advance the name of Kevin McCarthy as the next Speaker of the House in the 118th Congress. Next Speaker of the United States House Representative. And so it's done. But many observers are now asking at what price Republican California Congressman Kevin McCarthy was finally elected House Speaker in a history-making post-midnight 15th vote early Saturday, overcoming hardline holdouts from his own ranks and tense moments on the floor where raw emotion boiled over. 
The development caps a chaotic week of voting and 11th hour deal making behind closed doors with nearly two dozen far right Republicans who are members of the House Freedom Caucus. Eager to confront President Joe Biden and the Democrats, McCarthy promised subpoenas and investigations. He credited former President Donald Trump for standing with him and for making late calls and, quote, helping get those final votes. The new House Speaker said he would repeal funding for 87,000 new IRS agents. He also said Congress will pass bills to fix the nation's urgent challenges. From wide open southern borders to American last energy policies to woke indoctrination in our schools. <laughs> now, speaking of committees, <laughs> that was just said on we will the House hold floor. the swamp accountable. From the withdrawal of Afghanistan to the origins of COVID and to the weaponization of the FBI. Let me be very clear. We will use the power of the purse and the power of the subpoena to get the job done. And we will have much more and hear from Democratic leaders coming up in the next hour. Rick, MB, back to you. All right, Wolfie, look forward. Yeah, dude, so uh, praise the uh, guy who held him up for a, a long time. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, this is, I mean, he could have just shortened his speech to shouting, stop the steal, and left it there. And we would have been like, yeah, we get it. We know what this guy's about. Yeah, he said, he actually said, uh, woke indoctrination of, in our schools on the House floor. As the house, I'm real curious as to what his idea of woke indoctrination is on the house or on the uh, in schools and things like that. Yeah, real curious as to what he's implying by that. Well, they want to ban books. Um, well, they want to ban books that don't say that white people never owned slaves and shit like yeah. that. I yeah. think that's a big problem. That's that's something I'm real curious about because you look back to I, mean, I don't know about you, but growing up in school like there's a lot of shit that i wasn't taught i really wasn't taught the full extent of a lot of bad situations that america did and that uh, that that wouldn't be a bad class to have on its own just bad shit americans did that we need to like make sure we don't ever do again um i grew up in texas it was even worse dude yeah man i'm looking back on it yeah I i mean i had no idea i had no idea until shit probably when I started listening to podcasts, so like 2013, 2014, I had no idea about the Black Wall Street shit, like the the Tulsa, Oklahoma shit. Like I had no yeah. idea. I had no idea about that shit. And it was literally like two hours away from where I lived. It's it's crazy. They just weren't really taught like Tuskegee all that well. That was a big one where I was like, wow, they left a lot of this out, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, it sounded bad to begin with. Don't get me wrong, but like once you find out how far it went, um, MK Ultra would be another good one that no one ever talks about. But like everything that went on to form MK Ultra was really fucked up, and uh, that never gets talked about. Everyone's just like, "Wow, LSD sounds fun." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do remember, and and I do remember them framing, uh, framing the Civil War. Like I remember them framing the Civil War as a, being about states' rights. Yep. But I also remember them. I I also remember like not learning it in school, but I also remember like just knowing that it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. Like every all my friends would like kind of like nudge each other like uh, states' rights. Uh huh. Yeah. And that. So we all knew, but at the same time, you shouldn't have a teacher telling you that as a kid. Yeah. It's a little bit more to it than that. Yeah, man. Yeah. They. I mean. Technically, they were fighting about states' rights, but yeah, but a certain one in particular, was right? One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was the big one. The state's <laughs> right to own a slave. That's the whole. That was the whole thing. Yeah, it's our right so, to own people. That's yeah. that's what we're fighting a war over. And um, Skinner used the flag as a backdrop for a long time. Ain't that a bitch, man? I mean, dude. Dukes of Hazard was one of my favorite TV shows when I was a kid. So it was it still is one of my favorite TV shows? Yeah, dude. So I remember Uncle Jesse giving a whole uh, talk about like uh, unity and how like you know character goes beyond skin color and all this stuff. And they were like, 
that sounds just about right, Uncle Jesse. And they hop back in the General Lee. And I'm like, does no one see the problem <laughs> with the fact they just wrote off after a unity speech in the General Lee? That's a, that's a big problem. Yeah. I mean, dude, I didn't, I did not understand that. Like, I did not understand that shit um, until probably high school that, like, that, like, the, like, why people had the Confederate flag and shit. Like, I didn't. I didn't know. And I think a lot of people that had it for a long time didn't know like that it was that bad. And then oh, I thought you were gonna be like they didn't know they were racist. They just yelled it one day. No, like I, I legit I, I legit think that there were a lot of people that had that had the Confederate flag just because they thought it was like you know, just a piece of their history or whatever. And I would say more so than actual racists. Like more people probably have a Confederate yeah. flag hanging up somewhere because of like their naive thoughts on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that the internet kind of woke everybody up to if they want to talk about real, like the 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 real thing that I consider being woke is just the society was was woken up by the internet. Like we we were able to learn things on our own. You know what I mean? So it's not like oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. So you weren't just like you weren't just fucking going by what your teachers told you and shit. Like, so my thing is like, if it's in the been in the past ten years and you have a Confederate flag, meh. I don't yeah. Know. Okay. <laughs> you I know, mean, like yeah. last ten years yeah. of purchases probably are uh, a little a little more informed on their choice. Or even if you didn't. Or even if you like didn't purchase it, but you just still have it. I think like you know better now. Like you know, like if you didn't then, you know better now. I hope so, man. I don't know. Like I know some people that are still dumb enough to believe like, oh, it's got nothing to do with race and, and dumb shit like that. Yeah, now, dude, I'll I'll yeah. hear the argument that it's a cooler looking flag. Some about like the diagonal lines and stuff. I think that makes for a cooler looking flag. And orange is my favorite color, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to go buy a Confederate flag. Right. Also, um, we live in Ohio, <laughs> so like, what are you doing? I don't know. Like, a lot, a lot of Confederate flags in Ohio, man. And clearly, yeah, you don't it, go to enough flea markets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why? Why? Why do we? Why? Why are you? What heritage are you celebrating? You're from Ohio. Well, I had a bit I used to do about that, where I was like, Ohio is kind of like the wannabe South, you know, like. You weren't you weren't stuck with your cousin. You chose her because you had so much in common, or something like that. <laughs> and, That's pretty good. It's it's the truth though. Like they want it to be the, a southern state so bad here, and and I just cannot figure out why. We already have enough heroin. We don't need any more. What 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 more do you want? We've got the corn. Yeah, yeah. plenty of corn, man. Yeah, it's I don't know, man. Ohio is a weird state, dude. It's so like, weird. Somebody somebody did a joke last night about that about um maybe it was Mickey. I can't remember. Somebody did a joke last night about um how you realize when you start traveling that like twenty minutes outside of any city is the south. Like, yeah, you know, like it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Um <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got one more story to get to. This is uh uh, apparently, New York City nurses are going on strike. Um, this is from NBC News. Welcome back. We have breaking news here in New York City where more than 7,000 nurses just walked off the job after talks broke down between two hospitals and the New York State Nurses Association. NBC News correspondent Von Hilliard is in front of Mount Sinai, one of the hospitals where those talks broke down overnight. Von, good morning to you. So first of all, just what are the main sticking points in this? Yeah, good morning, Joan Maya. These were contract negotiations that broke down in the middle of this morning. And as the sun came up here in New York City, you have hundreds, if not thousands, of nurses is striking here in the streets. These are two major medical facilities we're talking about. One in the Upper East Side of Manhattan and another in the Bronx. And for these nurses, the Nurses Association putting out in a statement that essentially this is no longer about receiving an applause for being pandemic heroes, but now is the time to demand fair contracts. And that this is about the health care that they are able to provide inside of these facilities, saying that it's even more about pay, but it's also about 
the staffing uh, and the nursing shortages inside of these facilities. I was talking with one uh, nurse of 41 years here who told me that she has never gone on strike until now and that there is uh, about a, a ratio of seven, eight patients for every nurse. And that is why she said it is time to act and demand that these hospitals facilities uh, 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 can uh, ultimately agree to a contract that is fair to not only the nurses, but also the patients of New York City. Now, uh, the, the governor here in the state of New York uh, suggested that there should be a uh, arbiter that works between the two sides, uh, but the Nurses Association declined that offer. The New York City mayor has suggested that they are looking to private and public agencies to try to backfill, but are also looking at uh, moving the likes of ambulances and other patients away from these facilities to other available uh, facilities with additional capacity. This is uh, playing out here in real time here this morning in New York. Um, yeah, I don't know, man, the uh, staffing issues seem legit. Um, but kind of seems like uh, like they're going through it a little bit right there. Yeah. Um, so am I though. My uh, my webcam died. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. still going though. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Your picture's frozen. I just I just I just noticed. Yeah, man. It's all right. We'll we'll roll with it for now until like reconnect it. That's that's uh, that's an ongoing issue that I'll uh, I'll figure out in the future. The other <laughs> ongoing issue is that reporter's ability to speak. Good God, he just got midway through it and just uh, and I was yeah. Like, what? They're nurses and they're mad. How complicated is this, man? Dude, his energy, his energy, kind of reminded me of like an SNL sketch. Like I didn't like it was. Yeah, I didn't know how to take him seriously. Yeah. Um, I don't know though, man. Like, do you? I, I know nurses, and from what they describe as their day to day job, it, it just sounds like they should have went on strike a long time ago. The fact that they're like, there's a tipping point now, kind of makes me think, like, well, shit, how bad was it? Yeah, but I don't know about the the one thing I don't know about <laughs> in this, and I don't want to piss anybody off, but um, nurses make a lot of money. I don't know, like, first, folks. <laughs> they do you're right they do. i mean you know what i'm saying like i understand if it's about like the the staffing issues and and uh like that they don't have the right equipment or like shit like they're, they're not getting enough vacation time or whatever but like as far as money goes like nurses make good money dude like i don't they know do. uh and, they, and they're forced to work like ridiculous numbers of hours and yeah get mad overtime and all kinds of different shit I mean, they they deserve it. They have a very stressful job, and yeah, I don't know. No, there's yeah, always, yeah. There's always nursing shortages. That's the other crazy thing. It's not like there's an abundance of nurses. To dude, just it's go because from. it's because school's so fucking expensive, dude. Like you don't do that. Like th there's they should have they should have like I don't know if they do. This might be me being an idiot, but they should have programs like where you get a job in a hospital while you're going to school and they pay for your school <laughs> for you to become a nurse. Like that's You mean an internship? I mean, yeah, but like not really or, uh, internships don't pay for your school. But some do. Like a like a work study program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have those. They're called work study programs. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Do they have them for nurses though? Where they like work in a hospital and the hospital pays for their schooling? Like, I'm pretty sure they do. All right, I might be just an idiot. I don't know, but I don't really know a whole lot about it either. But yeah, I'm dude. pretty sure they have something like that. School's so expensive, and to make good money as a nurse, you do have to go to school for a long time. And I mean, the only way we could really increase the balance of nurses out there in the workforce is to create more single moms. The more single moms, we <laughs> the more nurses. You're the one going to get us in trouble with this one. God damn it. Um, That's true. But like, tell me I'm wrong. If you go to a Tri-C late night nursing class, you know who's going to be there? A lot of single moms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, camera still hasn't reconnected yet. I know my ba my phone battery like it must have died and I had this on like a Wi-Fi connection and I'm I got it plugged in so I think we might be good here in a second but hey not bad for a first time using my phone as a webcam in the sketchiest looking way I didn't even know you could do that 
So I didn't know until today. I was I was putting it together in my mind. I was like, I got a camera on my phone. It's better than the one on the computer. I've got the cord. I don't see why I can't make that happen. But I, I really wanted to use my uh, my microphone audio because that sounds a lot better than my phone audio. So now I'm getting the best of both worlds. I got the best camera quality when it's working. Yeah, and I'm getting better audio quality. I just wish it would have frozen a better still frame of my face. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Um, we'll get into our uh, comedy clip here. Um, I picked. Uh, I wanted to keep doing why we don't have guests, and just wanted to keep highlighting like new shit that people should watch. Um, Neil Brennan's new special um, is out, and I I think this is from his new one. I'm pretty sure. This is from his new special. Um, but yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, I forget what it's called. But um, this is from Comedy Corner. It's Neil Brennan. So the conservative argument is that guns were written in the Constitution because the founding fathers thought if all the citizens have guns, then the government will have to do what they say or else the people will rise up and fight the government, right? Which is a legitimately great idea in the 1700s. But the problem is there's still people now hoarding weapons, thinking that at some point they may need to take on the American military, and they think they have a shot, right? And look, maybe they're right, which is why I'm proposing we test their theory and once a year have a head-to-head showdown. What's your name? What kind of weapon do you work with? It? He's like, my name's Andy Baker, and I got an AR-15 wearing Kevlar head to toe. Andy, how confident are you scale of one to 10? Fucking a million. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah Walker. And I'm like, Jeremiah, what kind of weapon you work with? And he's like, look, I don't know if this is fair, but I'm working with a, a drone. <laughs> so the- <laughs> I love that joke. Yeah, that is from that is from Neil Brennan's special blocks on Netflix. That it, it was great. Um also ended ended that special with uh with uh kind of a out of the box kind of thing, but uh, everybody should watch it. It's a good special. He's real big on getting that out of the box stuff out there on stage with like the multiple mics, and now apparently he's doing something crafty with this one. Yeah, so um, he had um, he he like I think he said he gave his set to or his he gave his like jokes that he was going to use for his special to his friend who makes these blocks and she made like <laughs> and she made like a block for each joke that he was gonna do i mean you could just tell us he's autistic that's that's fine <laughs> yeah you don't have to get crafty uh, with explaining <laughs> <laughs> i did think it was i did think it was really funny though um I, I mean i bet it is yeah i mean his first his first netflix special was fucking hilarious and so out of the box like it was genius i thought um, I mean, I did like the the multiple mic thing. Yeah, that was kind of cool. But the, my problem is he kept doing too many sentimental stories, where I was like, "Yeah, but like you're really kind of bringing the mood down there, chief." Yeah, he uh, he does like to talk about he does. I mean, he talks about his mental health a lot and shit. I think that's what it's like. Uh, in this one, he does anyways. One of those, it's like a fucking. He's a he's to me he's a really good joke writer, um, but his his style his genre of comedy I think is in that box with like uh, I don't know Chris Gathard, uh, Mike Birbiglia, like those those kind of guys. I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but but dude, he is so fucking funny, man. <laughs> I love his comparisons and stuff too. Like he raises a lot of good points. Yeah. Well, dude, I used to say that to my roommate. Uh, my old roommate that had an, that had a uh, AR because um, he actually said that to me one day. He's, I'm like, why do you why do you need that? And he's like, he's like, well, if they if they ever come to get me, and I'm like, who? <laughs> you know, I think like, if they've chosen to come get yeah. you, man, like that's that ship has sailed. Yeah, and it's like, and he's like, uh, and he's like the government or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you are not. 
taking out the United States government with one AR-15. <laughs> no, but I love the hypotheticals, too. Not only is he going to take them down, he's going to be the first one to take them down. Like, imagine yeah. they're just outside his door. He's he's already killed half of them. And they're like, God damn, every other person we went and just took them. It wasn't a big thing. This is the first guy. This <laughs> is the first guy that made it a problem. <laughs> yeah, and that I think that joke goes on to talk about, like, the... <laughs> that it would last one second. <laughs> well, that's, that's the other really point like, too. He's like, he's like, I got an AR-15. Like, what did you think they were bringing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, all we brought was like paintball guns. We didn't even know they were gonna have these. Yeah. He's like, like oh I, man, I if only we had a registry. <laughs> like, oh, I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if this is fair, but I'm, I'm working with a drone <laughs> like that. Well, I've always found it weird, too, that the guys that hoard guns, like, there's guys, they don't buy just one gun. They buy, like, 30 guns, yeah. but they only have, like, three friends. So what <laughs> good is the 30 guns going to do you? Uh, dude, my... Yeah, my buddy in Texas, his dad, his dad, like, uh, asked me if I wanted to see his gun closet one time, and I was like, Sure, and uh, he had this like fucking like a closet sized safe in in his room where it's just all fucking guns. Like it's just, I'm like, what do you need all these for? <laughs> He's like, if there's ever a revolution, I'm ready. Like, that one's for the cops. That one's for the FBI. That one's for oh, Jesus Christ. What are you- that's a, that's a lot of money though. It's a really expensive hobby to get into for no reason. Yeah, dude, I'm like your dad's. I'm like that's where I was staying at when I was down there too, and uh, with with him because his uh, when we were kids, um, his family lived in the house, and there's like a guest house attached to it where his grandma lived. Um, and now like he was living at that time he was living in the house with his family and his dad was living in the guest house so um so so i'm like i'm like dude your dad's your dad's room like it looks like the fucking scene from the boondock saints when they're picking their weapons like what like what the fuck like i think i saw some grand theft auto gun store yeah i think i saw some rope in there like i don't know what that's a weird thing to be like, let me show you my closet and my guns at the same time. Like, I, no. Yeah, dude. <laughs> my, inner, my inner preservation's telling me don't do that. <laughs> I do miss, I do, uh, that is one thing I always miss, miss about Texas, though, is the accents, for real. Like, it does, I love, yeah. I love, I love girls with that accent. Like, I think it's the, not like, I can tell the difference between like Texas Southern and like South Carolina Southern. Like I, that's impressive because not, like not the, everybody can do that. Yeah, I like the Texas Southern. Like it's <laughs> like when I was when I was in like whenever I would go on vacation in Myrtle Beach and shit. Whenever I was younger, like every like all the girls there would either from be from South Carolina or from Ohio, and I'm like, what the fuck? Well, we gotta get out of here. What do you uh, What do you got to promote coming up, Brandon? I uh, I got some good shit coming up, man. Uh, Thursday, I'll be at the Funny Stop for the Crowd Work Show. I'm doing some time at the Funny Stop, so that'll be fun. Saturday, I got the Erie Movie House. Uh, January 14th, I want to say. Is that a Monday? I don't have my phone. Let me check my little calendar. I do have that. <laughs> uh, no, no, January 16th. I'm sorry. January 16th is... Uh, I'm going to be at the Grog Shop doing Make Them Laugh Monday. I think it's what it's still called. Nice. And then uh, Valentine's Day, I will be co-featuring for Mary Santora at the Funny Stop Comedy Club with the delightful W. Scott Ween. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I have uh, this week I have uh, no class on Thursday at 9 o'clock in Lakewood. Um, then I'm in Carroll, Ohio, and Delaware, Ohio. You guys don't care about that. And then uh, <laughs> on January 17th, I'm at the Burnt Pickle in Kent. Uh, January 19th, I'll be doing the uh, Funny Stop Crowd Control Contest. 20th, I am nowhere near here. Uh, 27th, nope. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. So, 
I mean, I do have uh, Friday the twenty seventh. I'm on a uh, snow for the or a show for the Akron Snow Angels. Um, and if you go to their Facebook page, uh, they do a lot to help out the homeless and shit. And I think you can still buy tickets to the charity dinner. So, hell yeah, that out. And that, I'll be doing that with Brian Kenny, Gary Campbell, and uh, a couple people I don't know who yet. But yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and uh, you can follow me at John Brown Comedy. Uh, my TikTok will be uh, resetting in about three days, so <laughs> don't be alarmed if I request you. It's not a scam. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they all say. Yeah, um, it's going to be the same uh, name at John Brown Comedy. If you go to mine right now, um, it actually says at John Brown Comedy 1. Um, I did it so I could start over, so... <laughs> Hopefully one of the other John Brown comedians doesn't come in and swoop it on the day that I fucking... <laughs> How bad would that suck, dude? Like the Damn, the day of. And they're like, what? <laughs> this one's open? Yeah. They just I have to take it. it. They just check it every day. That's okay. You have a really unique name. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I own the fucking I own the names. <laughs> <laughs> Brown Petri Dish is created by John Brown and Brandon Petrie. Logo designed by Brian Gallagher. Music by Jared Bailey. Audio version of the podcast is produced and edited by John Brown. Video YouTube version produced and edited by Harrison Poole. <laughs>